Greetings. Good to be here this morning. God bless you all. It's good to see all the visitors here this morning. Somehow I feel a little bit like this thing is not on right. <laughs> okay. We're on. Oh, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of God this morning. Well, I was blessed with what we heard so far this morning. Uh, The different, even the songs that we sang this morning were very good. And what what was shared in the opening children's lesson, we're getting together tomorrow. If it doesn't rain to uh, spend some time together as a church group. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. Well, I have a a message to share this morning, and uh, and the title is Living by Faith or Living by Feelings. And uh, now I know, you know, it depends what you're thinking this morning. You might, depends, we could go different ways with this title, Living by Faith or Living by Feelings. And I struggled somewhat with uh, using the word or the whole aspect of feelings. So I pondered it some more. And uh, so as a subtitle, I also have a faith-filled Vision, a faith-filled vision. So as we go through the message here this morning, I think we'll understand uh, the, the title. Living by faith or living by feelings, a faith-filled vision. And... Uh, I guess some of this, or as far as the whole aspect of living by faith or living by feelings, this past week, uh, I'm not sure what it was, if it was because we went to Costa Rica and I got some work done on my teeth or what it was, but I I didn't feel very well physically. I had a headache and just body achy all over, and maybe it was the weather, I don't know. (laughs) But... uh, But I, uh, I listened to a message, and the message was uh, basically about faith and feelings. And as I listened to that message, I, I, uh, I had to repent just the whole aspect of, oh, how should I say, allowing my feelings to affect my faith. I think I'll say it that way. Allowing my feelings to affect my faith, and yeah, when you don't feel good, why, yeah, you can, uh, if you go with your feelings, why, you know where that goes. <clears throat> so I was on that page, or I guess uh, thinking along those lines, and as I uh, was pre- preparing my heart to uh, share here this morning, um, that's, I guess, where I felt the Lord was leading me to, to share this morning. 
living by faith or living by feelings and a faith-filled vision. And to start off with, I'd just like to look at uh, Proverbs. Um, There's one verse in Proverbs that says, familiar verse, Proverbs 29.18, where there is no uh, vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And that word, there's two words in here i just like to look at a little bit here in the beginning. The, uh, the word vision, where there is no vision, uh, it's set in the, because it would be in the Hebrew. It says a sight. That is a dream, revelation, a vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no dream, where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, the people perish. The people perish. And that word perish means it's interesting. To loosen. There's some other words in here. I'm not going to read them all. But to loosen. Go back. Make naked. Set at naught. Perish. Refuse. Uncover. I don't know if you can grasp from what that's saying. But to perish. Or the word perish is to loosen. To go back. Basically just to let go. And there would maybe we should think of a good illustration. Maybe I'm I never I uh, as far as being in a boat in the in the ocean where you just let the thing dry. Is that what we do in our Christian life where we just let go? If we as a people don't have a vision, that is exactly what happens. If we as a people don't have a vision, that is exactly what happens. So may God help us to have a faith-filled vision. A vision that will, that will carry us forward. A vision that will not just, how should I say, sit back in the boat and let it drive wherever it goes. Because we know that that will not come out right. And uh, the, the verse there says, uh, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. And uh, if you let a boat go like that, well, you'll end up on the rocks and it will perish. <clears throat> Living by faith or living by feelings, a faith-filled vision. We have in Luke where it says, Luke 18, 1 to 8. I'm just going to read it here. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor 
regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his only elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And I just read that in the beginning here to, uh, you know, we are living in the last days and there is people who are just throwing off, if you will. They're just letting the boat drive. Will, when Jesus comes back, He's coming back for a people who have faith in their hearts, who have not given up, who have not... uh, Oh, what other term could we use? Uh, when somebody just throws in the tile, so to speak. <clears throat> or Yeah, they just throw in the tile. <clears throat> Jesus is coming back for His people who have faith. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth. <clears throat> A faith-filled vision. And we also have in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, 32, where uh, Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, uh, or Jesus said to Peter that he prayed for him that his faith would not fail. That his faith would not fail. And we know what happened to Peter there, what he denied Jesus there, but his faith, he did come through, praise God. So I pray, or I believe Jesus is even praying for us that our faith would not fail but that we will be strong, that we will be trusting, that we will be believing Him. And can I say for the visions that I trust that He has put into all of our hearts, a vision to serve Him, to love Him. And we'll look at some of that more later here. I like to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, Elvin was there already this morning, but let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. It's the faith chapter. And we have uh, the first couple of verses here. I'll just read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by this, by this, the elders obtain a good report. And we also read further down here that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible also says in Romans, it says that the just shall live by faith. There is in the Christian life, there is no, how should I say, where we just sit back and let the boat ride and just kind of sit there and uh, we have to have an active faith. We have to have an active faith. Sometimes when we're tired, why we want to just sit back. And yes, there is a place for that. There is a rest. 
and uh, that's in Hebrews 2, Hebrews 4, it talks about there is a rest now to the people of God. Praise God for that rest in Christ. But as far as just, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I was, as we were here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and this whole thing of living by faith or living by feelings, let's just think about some of these men. We have here about Noah. Um, God called him to build a boat. And if Noah would have went by his feelings, would he have built that boat? I don't think so. I don't think so. He was living by faith. He believed God. God told him to build the boat, the ark there, and he built it, even though it, uh, my understanding is it never rained before. And, uh, yeah. We know all those things. And then looking at Abraham here, if Abraham would have lived by feelings, would he have, uh, let me just read it here, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. Verse 9, it says, by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. Well, Abraham was not living by his feelings. He was living by faith. God told him to go, and he obeyed and went. If we live by our feelings, we will end up disobeying God, is what it boils down to. But if we live by faith, we can do what God calls us to do, and that's exactly what Abraham did. <clears throat> And then Abraham, we have here in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 about Abraham and Isaac. If Abraham would have been living by faith, would he have offered up his son? And the answer, of course, is no, he would not have. But he did there again what God told him to do. <clears throat> Abraham was living by faith. And we have Moses here in the uh, faith chapter. Moses. He lived in Egypt there. <clears throat> Did Moses live by his feelings? Maybe I'll just read it here. Verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years... Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And there it is, living or uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses was living by faith and not by feelings. And... Uh, I like this other one here where it says that, uh, verse 27, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He saw God. He had his eyes 
on the Lord. And therefore he did not live by his feelings. Well, we have many others in here too. But just the one I might point out yet is about... uh, uh, well, it's not an individual. It says here about that they uh, obtained promises. They obtained promises. By faith, they obtained promises. Are we obtaining promises? If we are living by our feelings, why we won't. We live, if we live by faith, God's, we can pray and believe God and see His promises being fulfilled. <clears throat> Praise God. This past week, there was a, a, a need that came up. And, and I, just, I just, it wasn't like I spent a lot of time praying about it, but I just, I just prayed and I gave it to the Lord. And to me, afterwards, it's just like, it was a very clear uh, answer to that prayer. And it's like, there it is, Lord. <clears throat> You know, there's times when we pray and maybe we forget about it, and God answers it, and we don't we we uh, forgot that what, that we prayed. But uh, God is good. God is good. May we trust Him. Let's live by faith and not by our feelings. Well, I like to now go to Philippians chapter three, if we could turn there, and maybe this is going to be a little bit more on uh, well, it'll be on both. Uh, living by faith, in it, but also a faith-filled vision, about having a faith-filled vision. <clears throat> I might get my glasses out. <clears throat> Here we have the... Uh, Paul writing to the Philippians. And uh, I think we'll start reading at verse 3. And uh, yeah, let's just read chapter, uh, the most part of chapter 3 here this morning. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no Confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I might, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, neither already perfect, 
but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for also which I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mine earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vow body, that it might may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Well, that's a lot of reading, but there's a lot in here. Um, just the last part that we read here, he's talking about uh, many walk, of whom I even told you often, they are, I tell you, weeping. He said that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. <clears throat> They are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mine earthly things. They live by feelings. They're living, they're living for what feels good. Maybe we could say it that way. Well, here also we have Paul. And uh, I never get tired of reading this in Philippians chapter 3. I hope you don't either. But this was Paul. Uh, or uh, Paul, yes, he was writing to the Philippians. And just can we, can we re- having read this, can we, how should I say, sense the zeal, the fervor, the enthusiasm, the vision that Paul has? Or had there as he was writing to the Philippians. Paul was a man with a vision. And where did that all happen? We know where it happened there when he was uh, he fell to the earth and and he and he heard the Lord and God spoke to him there and and uh, Saul got converted. And he was he was he became a new man in Christ Jesus, and we read here too where he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and he counted all those things for dung that he might win Christ. He found something so much better. <clears throat> he found Christ and Paul. After that was a man with a vision. That vision was Christ. Christ. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. That vision was Christ. Oh, that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. Paul did not just sit in his boat and let the thing drive, even though is in the book of Acts where that actually literally happened. But we're talking spiritually here. I don't get that sense at all reading this here about Paul, where he just sat back in his boat and he let the thing drive. But rather, he, 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 he says this, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. And I don't know about you, but in light of this, the, the title, Living by Faith or Living by Feelings, can we... You know, God has been good to us and we're, we're coming along and, and we can just kind of feel pretty good about ourselves. But Paul says, and I'm not sure what he was all saying here, and I'm sure he was talking about his past life, but he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind And reaching forth to those things which are before. If we get, if we lose our vision, what happens? We just kind of sit down and the world goes by. And the world keeps dying. And the lost keep, how should I say, are still lost. Paul was a man with a vision. And it was Christ. I don't know, but I I just need that encouragement of our brother Paul here this morning to my own heart. And I'm sharing this not to bring condemnation on anyone here this morning. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But I share this. this This is my heart this morning as I was... Seeking in the Lord, when was it Friday night that some of this nugget came to me? My, my heart here this morning is, is that this word would inspire us to reach forward. God has so much, for, so much more for me, for us, as His people, as the church of Jesus Christ. Let us not sit back and think, well, I got a pretty nice pal here. Now I'm going to sit here and be satisfied. That will not work, brothers and sisters. And I'm not sure if it works even uh, uh, physically, uh, or how should I say, in naturally, if a man has a big pile of money and he just says, well, I'm just going to sit down now and enjoy and take it easy. And I think of, I was thinking of this, there's people who their whole life, they work for their retirement, they work till they turn 65. And then what happens? They're looking for the day where they can just live for themselves, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to be too hard on them. But, but the, I have heard that it's been said that they come to that time. They quit working. They sit down. And what happens? They don't last very long. They die. Can we learn from that? So it doesn't even work naturally. And it does not work spiritually. 
May God help us. May God inspire us this morning to reach forward to those things that are before. Praise God for what He has done. But He has more for us. He has more for us. You believe that, brother? Amen. (laughs) He has more for us. And I I don't know, but this thing was just uh, how Paul says it here. This one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing or reaching forth to those things which are before. And uh, how does it go there? Forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forth to those things which are before. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. He had a vision. He had something set out in front of him. And he was going for it. He was not going to let anything detour him from that. Well, You know, you probably heard messages, and I, I, uh, I did myself already. But if we just somehow, you know, this whole aspect of Paul had a vision for Christ, and we just somehow, uh, I think somehow we, we don't get it if we don't put some shoe, if you will, to some of this Christ, as far as Christ. Paul had a vision for Christ. <clears throat> But what, what, what was all that? What was all entailed in that? If I can say it that way. What was all in that? And, 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 and I just want to, I, I have three different points here under this that I would just want to bring out. There's a lot more. But one of them, one of them it, or let me just read them off here. A vision for the church, a vision for a godly home, a vision for, the, for a godly Spirit-filled life, crucified life. I stuck that one in in the last there. The whole aspect of a crucified life. If we are going to, if we're going to get anywhere in our Christian life, we need to know what it is to have a, 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 a understand the whole aspect of a crucified life. <clears throat> but anyways, so here we are. Uh, the first one I have is vision for the church. Paul had a vision for the church. He sure did. Paul had a vision for the church. He labored. He toiled for the church of Jesus Christ. Well, may we have a vision for for the church of Jesus Christ. The church, the local body here, those of us who gather here from Sunday to Sunday, And God bless you visitors who are here too this morning. You are seeking God's direction in church life. May God build His church. May God have His way. Vision for the church. Oneness, unity, love, care one for another. May we have a vision. For the church of Jesus Christ. 
Paul had a vision. Do you, my brother, do you, my sister, have a vision for the church, for the body of Jesus Christ? There it is. Paul had a vision for Christ, the body of of Jesus Christ. Do we have a vision for the church? Or have we, or are we sitting back in our boat and just letting it dry wherever it goes? That will not work. That will not work. And uh, we need to keep reaching forward for more. God has more for us. And I, I just share maybe a little encouragement, or how should I say, you know, some of us older ones, you know, had to fight some battles, had to find our way in church, church life and all that. And some of the, some of the things that, uh, that your parents have fought for, you are, can I say, you're experiencing or you're sitting on that pow, if you will. Don't just sit there. There is more out there. There's more out there. We fought for these things because we love the Lord Jesus. But let us not sit back on the pile that we have and and enjoy it and actually in the end lose the whole thing. And that happens way too many times. So the encouragement this morning is from our Brother Paul, to reach forward, to reach out for more. He has more for us. But we cannot live by our feelings. This is a life of faith. Faith in a God that is real. But if we lose out, where God is not real. Yeah, then we... What, I mean, what else do you do when you start feeling like, uh, you know, God isn't real, so you look back to, well, at least, at least you have this. You're living by your feelings. We're living by our feelings. Let us reach forward. God has so much more for us. And you know, I think of the children of Israel. You know, they... Was it the two tribes that... Wanted to stay back on this side of the one of the rivers there. God wanted them to go into the land of Canaan and possess the land. There is more land for us out there, brothers and sisters. Let us not let us not let the uh, let us not let uh, the world uh, uh, have it, but let us go out there and and obtain it, if I can say it that way. Inherit it. A vision for the church. And one more thing here that I just kind of... We were down in Costa Rica and our brother Dale Heisey had a message there when we were there at the church and uh, the first part of the service well, it was all in Spanish so we really didn't get much out of it. <laughs> but uh, when Dale had preached his message, he got one of the other elders to, we sat in the back as a family, and he interpreted what Dale was preaching in Spanish. And so we got to, to listen or hear what, what the message was. And the, the message that he had was on, why are you offended? Why are you offended? 
And I asked him later whether he preached that in the States or whether he, uh, uh, yeah, he said he, he hasn't or he didn't, but he said maybe the Lord will uh, lead him sometime too or however. But for some reason, I don't know why, but that, that I don't know, that, that, uh, uh, the title of that message, Why Are You Offended? And I've been pondering that whole thing of offense. The Bible talks, there, there's pretty, and I know we've heard it, I, I think Daryl not too long, Daryl, what was it, maybe a, a couple Sundays ago, or I forget when it was, had talked a little bit about offenses. But it says in, in, the, uh, in one of the Gospels there, it says that for a man to offend somebody or to offend one of these little ones, it were better that a millstone were hang about his neck and he would be cast into the depths of the sea. It were better, it says. That's not a little thing to offend somebody. And especially there in that context of a little one. Somebody, a little, uh, and I guess you could go different places with that, but um, just a newly convert or even just our, our children, if we offend them to the point that it will hinder them from uh, from uh, seeing and wanting to accept the Lord or walk with God. <clears throat> it's not a little thing to offend somebody. <clears throat> but it's also uh, the aspect of when somebody is offended. There are some uh, things in Scripture that talk about that. What do you do when you are offended? It's not a little thing. Did you know that if you, if you actually are offended... That, that person or whatever or whatever thing that happened, uh, usually probably is somebody did something to you and you're offended at that person. The reason you are offended and that thing is there and you can't get over it is because there's uh, probably unforgiveness there. And if you have unforgiveness in your heart, we know that's not a little thing either. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, God cannot forgive you. It's not a little one, brothers and sisters. And, and, and this whole thing of a, a vision for the church and oneness and unity and love and care for one another. If there is offenses, brothers and sisters, we will not have oneness, unity, love, care one for another. So if there is any offenses, and I ask the question, Lord, am I offended? And in that message he had uh, on, on a couple points, and, and I got him later then to ask him whether he would write them in English, or actually uh, he sent him an email, to, to give a little bit more points on the whole aspect of, some people, maybe they don't even realize they're offended. Somehow they just kind of, Try to cover it up and go on. You know, no, I'm not offended. No, I'm fine. But in reality, they are offended. <clears throat> but they're not reckoning with the facts. So how do you know whether you're offended or not? <clears throat> and so he gave some points. But anyways, that's a message in itself. <clears throat> but I just thought I had to touch on that in light of the vision for the church. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, let us have a vision for the church of Jesus Christ. It's the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. May we make the church beautiful. May we do all that we can to make it glorious, brother. 
the glory that should follow. Jesus came and gave His life, shed His blood, not just so that we could have a good feeling and get converted and, and, and enjoy life, but that, that the church would be a, a beautiful church, a glorious church, and that we're souls get fine healing and help and all those things. <clears throat> well, the next one here, I have vision for a godly home, a godly father, a godly mother, godly children, a vision for a godly home. <clears throat> and I thank God for, for the, the uh, how should I say, <clears throat> for the vision that God did give us, Susan and I, my wife and I, uh, years ago, with Danny's teaching on the home. <clears throat> and I know, you know, Danny's in glory this morning. But we do know that, you know, as far as some of his children there. <clears throat> but anyways, a vision for a godly home. <clears throat> a vision. Don't, don't. Lacks off. And I think of, and I had to think of uh, the younger marrieds, the ones that have little babies in your lap and, and even older ones. <clears throat> Some of us don't have small ones in our home anymore. We have, we have teenagers, praise God. <laughs> and it's a, it's, a, it's a good time too. <clears throat> but just a vision for a godly home. What we put into our children when they're little will make a big difference when they're older. A vision for a godly home. So may you be encouraged this morning to not, to not slack off, but to do what you can to build, to have a godly home. It takes work, brothers and sisters. It takes work. It doesn't just happen. You can't just sit back in your boat and, 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 and let, the, let the thing ride. Maybe some men do sometimes. They, let, they think, well, my wife will take care of that. No. Men, rise up, O men of God, who have done with leather things. Be done with your feelings and live by faith and do what God has called you to, to be a father in your home. Praise God. God help us to be a father, godly father. <clears throat> and then I have, and maybe these weren't in order, but anyways, <clears throat> uh, a vision for a godly, spirit-filled, crucified life. So the young people here, you're not married yet, but this one here can be for you. Vision for a godly, Spirit-filled, crucified life. A vision for that. <clears throat> Paul was a man with a vision. And again, if we sit back in our boat, it's not going to happen. But we need to do things. Praise God. We need to do things. And I appreciate the Bible memory that we're doing as a church. It's a real blessing to see uh, the, uh, in, uh, how should I say, I'll say the enthusiasm, the zeal for it. Let us, let us, let us uh, take God's word in our hearts and allow it to, 
to change us from glory to glory. If we live by our feelings, we will not see our visions fulfilled. May God help us to be like Paul, a man with a vision for Christ, for Christ. I might just make note here yet on uh, Philippians here and Paul uh, writing that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. I remember in my young Christian life that I, I read that verse and I prayed, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know the power of your resurrection. I need power in my, in my Christian life. But you know there's more in there that I may know him. Oh, we all like that. The, the, to know His power, His resurrection power. Uh, then the next one is the fellowship of His suffering and, and being made conformable unto His death. Well, that one there is not quite as exciting, is it? But that's part of it. That's part of it. That's part of it. May God help us. Well, in closing here, I'd just like to go to Psalms 23 yet for some encouraging words. Psalms 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. For His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know. I just was encouraged to to share this in the end. This is a very familiar uh, Psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And if the Lord is your shepherd, you don't have to be in want this morning. Praise God. The Lord is my shepherd. David says, I shall not want. And what does he say here? He says that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He does that. But I like to bring out one thing here. We have some sheep. And uh, we had a sheep that had a problem. And so we had to take it or send her to the... Uh, uh, to the uh, Cell barn in Kelowna. And so we had to get her loaded. And uh, so I put this doggy, doggy, uh, that's what we have dogs. So we just use that, put it around its neck and, and take it over to the guy who was picking this, this sheep up. Well, <clears throat> the, I, that, that I, I should have made, uh, Susan said I should have had feed and then the sheep would have easily followed me. 
But I, I had to fight that sheep. I mean, I had pulled and uh, it just didn't want to come. <clears throat> but I had to think about it as I was meditating on this. You know, in John it says that the, uh, there, is, there is a good shepherd and there is the hireling who takes care of the sheep. And maybe that sheep did know that I was a hireling. I actually, I didn't care necessarily. I mean, well, I care for sheep, but in a sense you could say I didn't care for the sheep. I was dragging the sheep to the butcher block. You know, the hireling there, he takes care of the sheep because he gets paid. He really doesn't care for the sheep. But you know what? This morning, Jesus cares for each one of us. He does. He's a good shepherd. And let us not be balking and, and uh, yeah. But there is times when we pull back because we're not sure where he's going. Maybe we, maybe we think we are going to the butcher block. <clears throat> let, us lead, let us let him lead us. He is the good shepherd. He knows what is best for us. If we live by our feelings, we will resist where He wants to lead. May we deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Him. He cares for us. He loves us. He is the Good Shepherd. And I don't know if there's anyone here this morning who is pulling back. If you are here this morning and you find yourself pulling back, you're not sure where God is taking you. I can assure you this morning, let go. This time, let go. And let Him take you where He wants to take you. He is the Good Shepherd. He cares for you. He cares for you. We have an account... In John, is it in John? But we have an account of of uh, John uh, the Baptist. He was in prison, and it seems, you know, he he said Jesus must increase and he must decrease, but he found himself in prison, <clears throat> and it almost seemed like he was he was. Uh, I don't know, how, how should you say? Was he questioning? Yeah, he was questioning, or he, at least he sent his disciples to Jesus and said, are you the Messiah? John was there in prison. And the words that Jesus, he said a couple things there. The dead are raised, and I forget exactly all what he said there, but in the end he said, Blessed is he who is not offended in me. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. You know, God sometimes wants to take us places we might not want to go. <clears throat> or he might take us places and we don't understand. And we're thinking, I don't know about this. But Jesus says, Blessed is he 
who is not offended in me. Believe me, child of God, believe me, trust me. I am the good shepherd. I take care of my sheep. And he does. But you know, we live in this, I don't know, body of flesh that sometimes does not want to go the way of the cross. Does not want to go that way. That's where that verse is so powerful where Jesus said different times in the Scriptures, He said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to deny yourself, take up the cross and follow Me. Follow Me. May we follow Jesus. May we live by faith and not by feelings. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Could the Christian life get any better? Either I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as we allow the Lord to be our shepherd, I will fear no evil. Why? Because He is with me. He is with us. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. His Word, I don't know what you could all put in there. His Word, His Holy Spirit. His rod that corrects. Yes, we need correction, brothers and sisters. His staff is there to comfort us. Let us not draw back from that rod, but let us allow Him, if you will, spank us if we need spanking. And let us... Let Him comfort us. He is the Good Shepherd. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And I like this last part. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I was thinking about getting three brothers Levon, uh, I won't do it. I don't think I'll do it. But I was just thinking of getting three brothers. The one is uh, the one is in the lead, and the two follow, which is goodness and mercy. So here you here you're walking, and you have goodness and mercy walking behind you all the days of your life. As you allow the Good Shepherd to lead you, brothers and sisters, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a, what a promise. What a courage. Let us never doubt our Shepherd. Let us never doubt our God. He loves us. He cares for us. May God bless us. Let us live not by our feelings, but let us live by faith in a God who is real. And also, this aspect of faith, it says a grain, if you have, a, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and Larry, is that not the littlest seed that there is? Pretty much. Grain of mustard seed. Mustard seed. But it's a small seed. If you have 
only. How should I say? If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, sometimes we think we need to have this great faith. Well, maybe look at it this way. A grain of mustard seed. Just a little seed. But there's faith there. There's faith there. May God bless you. I'll close with that.